Celsius, the humidity 70%. That's all the news from RTHK. Hello and welcome to Back Chat. This is Jim Gould. And I'm Ada Wong. On today's Back Chat, we're talking about uh, calls to support Hong Kong's struggling red minibus operators. Transport industry figures are urging the government to create more green minibus routes and give them to red bus drivers amid an increase in the number of operators unable to repay their vehicle loans. A spokesman for the Hong Kong Taxi and Public Light Bus Association has said that of about 1,000 red minibuses in the city, roughly half are currently not in service and about 100 used as collateral, have been seized in the past three years. Unlike green minibuses, red ones are usually privately owned and are subject to fewer regulations, with operators able to choose their routes and fix their own fares. And after 9.45, we are looking into the rather quirky Hong Kong market for vanity car registration plates. Share your views with us. You can call us uh, any time on 233-88-266-233-88266 and join the conversation. WhatsApp us on 6899-8518. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk.hk. That's backchat at rthk.hk. Um, joining us now on the line is uh, legislator Frankie Yick from the uh, transport sector. Frankie Yick, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Jim and Ada. Uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, so uh, w- what do you think could be done to support the uh, red minibus uh, operators who are uh, finding things difficult at the moment? Well, as what you just mentioned about, I think what the government has to do is to identify some more routes that they can convert or create to uh, accommodate more red minibus to convert into the green minibus services. Because uh, right now, as uh, what you just mentioned about, we have around uh, 1,000 red minibus available in Hong Kong. Uh, only about half uh, is being used. Another 50% is being idled for quite some time. And this is mainly because of the expansion of the uh, rail network in Hong Kong. So they are they are uh, affected. So uh, we have been asking our government to uh, create or to identify more green minibus routes. And uh, if you look at some of the numbers that we asked in electrical before in the past for a couple of years, uh, every year I think it's less than 30 uh, uh, red minibus being converted into the green one. So this is far not enough. Mm. So, so do you think there's uh, ample scope to create uh, more green routes in order to you know, uh, maybe like meet the demand or take up the slack among the uh, red minibus operators? Well, we believe that there are opportunities uh, to handle that, and particularly if you look at the uh, new territories, the, red, the western side. The, uh, there are quite a number of K-bus routes running by the MPR, and some of them are not profitable as far as we know. So why not? Uh, that means they don't have enough uh, passengers to, to use that sort of services. Why not convert that into the green minibus route and uh, allow the red minibus operators to convert into the green one? Uh, or maybe if we can think differently, uh, red minibuses, uh, you know, were, were the main sort of transport option many years ago. And particularly if you live very far away and late at night, you need to go home from Hong Kong and then, you know, you have the red minibuses to take. But now I guess um, commuting habits of uh, people have changed. And even when we see the reopening of borders, uh, everybody wants to go to Shenzhen, there, there, there seems to be a lack of, um, you know, no need uh, to take more, um, you know, red minibuses. 
Uh, Frankie, what, what do you think? Well, that's absolutely true because there are two major reasons. One is expansion of the rail network, and secondly is a change of the uh, the uh, lifestyle in Hong Kong. And that's what, what we always say that the restaurants in Hong Kong at night time the business is not as good as before because people used to stay at home after the pandemic. So this is one of the major changes. Right, and then for the red minibus drivers, they are not used to that many regulations. They are privately owned. Uh, they don't belong to one big company. Do you think it's easy for them to change or to, you know, to if they are given a, a green minibus option, would they like to stick to one fixed route? Well, no problem at all because they have been asking for, and uh, that's why we have been asking our government to identify more green minibus routes uh, to allow them to, to convert uh, into that sort of services. Because the red minibus, yes, they are not under regulation, but it's very difficult to survive nowadays. Those so they prefer the green one so that they have more guaranteed the number of passengers. So uh, even though it's also not, uh, I'm not say it's a uh, very profitable, but it's far better than the, operating the red minibus today. The, uh, the Hong Kong Taxi and Public Light Bus Association has also been uh, suggesting uh, the possibility of allowing uh, red minibuses to go across the border into other parts of the GBA. Is that a, um, a, a viable option, do you think? Well, uh, it's not easy, I, I would say, uh, because there are already some uh, cross-border uh, services that affect uh, other stakeholders. It's not that simple to allow the red minibus to do that. But on the other hand, the red minibus uh, operators did suggest before uh, we don't have uh, enough uh, uh, the uh, rehab bus service services in Hong Kong. Uh, would that be possible for the government to allow them to convert some of the red minibus into the kind of rehab bus services? I think that is in demand. So I think this is one of the possible solutions that we can think of. I think that sounds like a good opportunity. I think we, we need to have you know, people who are not as mobile uh, to go out. And I think that that is a bigger business opportunity. Now, what about the new towns? Uh, it was also suggested that um, uh, perhaps uh, red minibuses can also go to Tongchong or Ma Wan. Changkwano or the, um, the the new towns uh, uh, at our northern border, uh, the metropolis. Well, in fact, we did suggest before why not put some of the uh, minibus into the uh, Dongchong area, but there's a lot of regulations controlling the uh, services of the red minibus today. They are not allowed to operate or to run on the highways uh, like the Tumun Highway. So then we said that well, in fact, they are not carrying passengers. They just go in put their vehicles over there and only service those areas in Dongchong. Why not? But of course, there are objections coming from the bus operators, from the taxi operators. We have the balance. So it's not a simple thing. We have to find a way to handle it. And, and how would the uh, transport department balance the different needs, um, usually? Well, normally, if there's someone suggests something, they have to consult other stakeholders whether they have any objection. Because uh, if you allow another type of vehicle, or, I mean public transport, to go in into the area, well, the, the, the kick is that big only, right? So that would certainly affect those uh, currently operating over there. So they need some sort of consultation and compromise. Right. Would, would they have the, um, you know, uh, well, the uh, approval to do an experiment, a short-term pilot, uh, to test the water to see whether that service is welcomed or not welcome? Well, the government do have the authority to do that. But, of course, they don't want to interfere the market, so they need consultation normally.
Mm-hmm. Do, um, do you think the public is uh, still being uh, well served? I mean, if about if about half of the 1,000 red minibuses are not uh, currently operating, um, is that causing an, any inconvenience to the public, do you think? Uh, not really, because mm-hmm. uh, the idling of those red minibuses is because, as what I said, the expansion of the, the rail network, the MTR services. So people do have other choices to go to where they want to go. So it's a surplus over there. So we need to find a way to uh, allow this uh, around four to 500 uh, red minibus to find a new way of life. So mm-hmm. this is what we have been urging the government to do. Mm. If, if, I mean, if there's no demand for their services, uh, um, I mean, should we be putting a lot of effort into trying to, you know, um, support them and keep them going? Well, we, we don't need to do anything. We just identify some new routes and ask them to operate. That's it. Simple. I guess you are suggesting more relaxation of routes and, you know, more like green minibus um, uh, routes and fixed routes. Um, how about uh, the number of drivers? I read somewhere that uh, earlier this year, um, you know, uh, they were recruiting drivers, but not that many qualified as minibus drivers. How, how, how does that work? Well, we have a serious shortage of uh, all sorts of drivers in Hong Kong. Okay, minibus is the uh, most uh, effective one, I would say, because uh, they cannot afford a higher salary to compete with other public transport operators. So that's why uh, if you look around those uh, the ages of those uh, minibus drivers, the overall average is already over 70. So uh, which is not a good thing for Hong Kong. And we are happy that the government finally decided that uh, uh, they allow the uh, minibus operators to recruit uh, uh, foreign neighbors coming from the other side of the border, and which they have already started, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a few more. Yeah. Uh, has that proved uh, successful so far? Well, the, uh, the first phase, the passing rate is not up to our expectation, mm-hmm. but I think things will improve. Uh, they know what went wrong, so I'm sure they will, have a, they will focus on the, what sort of training they have to provide before they go for the examination. So I'm still optimistic about that because uh, you have no choice because we don't, simply don't have enough drivers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so they have to take written tests and they have to take road tests and, and everything else, right, before they qualify? Uh, Mainly a uh, driving test, not really the, the written test, because they all have a driving license on the other side of the, the, the border. But what they need to do is to have a better understanding of the operating system in Hong Kong, the traffic sign and uh, the, the regulations, that sort of stuff. OK. All right, uh, Frankie Yick, I know you uh, have to go now, but uh, thanks very much for joining us uh, for the first part of this morning's programme. Uh, that was uh, uh, legislator Frankie Yick from the uh, Transport Functional Constituency. And we're now uh, joined on the line by Alok Jain, who's uh, CEO and Managing Director of TransConsult. Um, Alok Jain, good morning. Yeah, hi, good morning. Hello, yeah, fine. Um, it sounds like it's not a wonderful connection, but can you hear us okay? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, okay, thanks for joining. So, so I don't know um, uh, how much you heard of our uh, conversation uh, just now with uh, Frankie Yick. Uh, we, we said in the introduction that uh, um, uh, f- figures in the transport industry are asking the government to create more green minibus routes, which, uh, which red minibus uh, operators uh, could then switch to, transfer to, as a way of, sort of uh, you know, saving their businesses. Um, and what do you think of that idea? Well, red or green, I think fundamentally the problem still remains the same, that uh, even the green minibuses have been experiencing a 
glut in the market. There are a lot of surplus minibuses. The prices of green minibus used to command a premium of about uh, you know three million dollars. Now it has come down uh, to less than a million dollars. So it has been a substantial reduction, and that tells you that the the de- the demand for minibuses has actually reduced significantly. Mm-hmm. That has been taken up by, of course, the railways and the buses at the moment. But I think we have to just go back, step back, and look at the red minibus operation. This was the one of the world's first um, no fixed route, no fixed fare, and no fixed uh, schedule service. Which, in response, you know, in transport terms, we refer to that as a demand responsive transit. And mm-hmm. and in most of the world, demand responsive transit is making a comeback with the help of technology, where you can book an app, where you can pre-select your origin and destination, and the bus route operator they you know design the route with the help of technology which gives them an optimized routing and it can take people from literally door to door that is a completely missing thing in hong kong and i feel that red mini bus can be transformed into something like that and they would still have a future and i mean if you look at the car ownership that has been going up i mean i'm a personally i'm a, i'm dependent on mini buses for my last mile connectivity to the station and i don't use it anymore because i can never know whether i can get on the bus or not because the seat availability is always a risk so most of the time i end up driving and and to me that is really the pain point in minibus services which can easily be eliminated by use of technology that is available to us yeah so so um that's kind of uh, the concept there is the minibus almost like a taxi right i mean uh uh, I mean, it's a shared taxi. You can call sh- it a shared sure, taxi. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, shared taxi. But I mean, a, a shared taxi among 16, 17, 18 people. I mean, is uh, is that not a little bit impractical? If uh, you know, unless everybody's going to have to want to go to the same destination or at least points along the way, aren't they? So, so generally, it is in the same direction. So you have, let's say, people going from Chunmun to Central, but in Central they can have multiple destinations, and the technology will optimize the routing let's just like google maps it gives you the best routing and we will we will have those algorithms which will give you which will give the minibus guy the best routing and within a variance of five to seven ten minutes you can be dropped door to door literally what it does is that a lot of inefficient runs in between where today the minibus might be going into a housing estate and then coming out those can be avoided if there is no one waiting inside on the on the station then they don't have to go inside and they can go straight in. So there could be pluses. And in fact, we I have been helping uh, some other cities on this particular thing. We implemented one system like this in Cairo. Uh, and in Cairo, we ended up reducing, carrying the same number of people with less 40% less mileage. And I think that's the real advantage where the costs come down significantly and many of these benefits can then be transferred to the passengers. Right. Um, your your um, your suggestion is, I think, uh, very good and also um, innovative. Uh, but on the other hand, you know the uh, red minibus drivers. Uh, we were just told by uh, Frankie Yig that their average age is 70. Now, yeah. it, it needs a little bit of um, experience and willingness uh, to use the app. So they are not... Um, you know the uh, the young uh, taxi drivers or Uber drivers uh, who love using the app. Uh, do, do you think there's a gap there? There's no gap there, and I think this is a misnomer where we feel that the older people are averse to technology. I tell you, in my household, my 80 year old old mom 
is the biggest fan of octopus card which is a technology interface she loves the octopus card and because she doesn't have to worry about cash she doesn't have to worry about change she just goes around tapping the card everywhere and and i think this is the beauty technology interfaces should be simple not very complicated and then anybody should be able to use it and it is all about you what we call user experience design if you make it too much complicated register this register that go to 1000 pages before you can uh, start using the app then of course the older people find it a bit daunting but if there's a simple interface they don't find it daunting so um, is there any policy that the uh, government needs to um, be more relaxed on if um, your suggestion uh, is oh, adopted oh yes uh, absolutely so today and and i have had some interaction with transport department on this one and today the government doesn't allow anyone to book a seat in advance in a minibus whereas these platforms would require someone to book a seat in advance on the on the bus so the bus driver knows that there are five passengers waiting for me at you know stop number 3 on my route and they will keep that capacity on board and everybody gets a seat today what happens is the person who is waiting at the third stop they have no clue whether the bus is going to be full at the first stop or whether there is enough capacity there and 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 i'm just telling you from my personal experience that i am often i'm taking literally like a gamble uh, when i'm taking a minibus i don't know whether i'll be getting on the first bus or i'll be getting on the fifth bus and and this is really which causes a lot of pain in your daily travel plans because when you get start getting delayed then you jump on a taxi or you just drive your own car Okay, a couple of messages here from uh, listeners. Uh, this from Henry. Um, Henry says, "I'm only an ordinary citizen, but my view is that as more houses are built in the new territories, the government must be flexible and address the transport needs in the NT. Should uh, the green and red minibuses be amalgamated to just one colour minibus? I live in Shartin, and we see both red and green minibuses. Uh, surely, to combine them makes life simpler for everybody." Um, Uh, and uh, TC writes, uh, isn't this just a sign that uh, prices in Hong Kong were overinflated, and this is an adjustment back to normal? He's talking about the price of uh, minibus: eight million, eight million dollars for a red minibus permit in 2011 prices is ridiculous. Even four million in 2018 wasn't something I find reasonable. How many passengers does a red minibus need to recover that price, let alone be profitable? On another note, while red minibus uh, industry may not be perfect i think they unjust unjustly get a bad rap mainly due to a 1974 hit single by wan kuang uh, thanks for that tc i'm not exactly sure with the last bit what you're referring to it's a bit before my time but um um yeah um um alok jane yeah uh, so, so prices of uh, of permits for red minibuses i mean they i believe they come down now to about uh, 700,000 from a peak of yeah. 8 million what you know i mean that that obviously is a reflection of the state of the industry it also is a reflection of the profitability that or anticipated profitability that could come from this operation of minibuses so it is a market dynamics i mean people pay uh you know a $10,000 for an iPhone which cost to manufacturing cost of a, a smartphone is only $100 right so it's a, it's a it's a supply demand issue it's about hype it's about the, the future profitability the fashion statement the trend a lot of those things and red mini buses when the prices were high they were actually the potent people who were investing 8 million for in red mini bus they were anticipating that it will give them the return 
which is commensurate with that price. And that's why they could command the price. That is, of course, no longer valid at the moment. And, and that's the reason the prices have come down. But let's leave that aside. That's a gray market. That's nothing official. It's not a bus operation issue. In terms of bus operation in new territories, yes, we can put new routes. There are new population intake. But if you look at the government transport pledge, where they want to have uh, 75% of the population uh, within the catchment of a railway station and 85% of the employment opportunities within the catchment of a railway station. This is obviously going to have a big impact on the last mile, first mile connectivity, whether it even buses would, would be suffering because of that. And a lot of bus companies have been complaining about losing business due to railway expansion. And same applies to minibuses. They'll be losing out on that one too. What is not currently happening in Hong Kong is this on-demand transport where people, you want to go in an in a area where there is no train service or you want to go in a direction where the train services are not convenient and there is no choice for people. And on-demand transport has been extremely successful in many cities in Europe uh, where the demand is, so demand is lower, but there is occasional demand that comes up and it is it, working absolutely well. And I think in Hong Kong, people have been, and Frankie have been really involved in that process. We have been speaking to Frankie on pushing the approval processes for on-demand transit. And that is something that has been stalled at the moment for whatever reason. I, I really don't know what reasons they are, but transport department have been very conservative in adoption of technological driven, technology driven or technological interfaces that can enhance the quality of services by minibuses. Well, um, another perspective is um, I, I do know people who live in, in the Kempton area and um, they will actually cycle uh, to the uh, MTR station at the Kamsheng Road. And you can see so, so many bicycles uh, are, are parking, you know, outside the, uh, the railway station. Uh, because uh, there aren't enough um, minivans to to pick them up, so I, I think your 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 point is very valid and it should be explored. But um, uh, you know, when somebody is already cycling, do you think they will go back to um, this on-demand um, minibus hailing app? Okay, well, for, I think to, for a start, I would never advocate anybody who's using a bicycle to move to a minibus. I think it's a better mode of transport. It's healthier. And there are all thousand reasons to promote bicycling. But having said that, bicycling is prone to, you know, not, not everybody is able-bodied. Uh, you need to have a certain strength, certain capability to ride a bicycle. There are children, there are old people, there are people with certain, uh, you know, uh, disabilities. They may not be able to use the bicycle. And, and secondly, the bicycles are also affected by the inclement weather. And, and, and certainly, an uh, on-demand minibus service can plug, easily plug those gaps in the transport system. It is not about moving one from the other. It is about addressing the existing gaps in the transport system. And I think fulfilling those gaps is what actually can lead to the survival of minibuses in Hong Kong. Mm. Also, I, t I take your point about uh, about the last mile, if uh, you know, of your journey to the uh, MTR station or so, because obviously, um, <clears throat> if you if it's winter time and you have a spare twenty minutes, you could walk, but that's not possible in Hong Kong in the summer, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and what 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 are you know? Do you see any downsides in in um, you know using the uh, the sort of on demand uh, app that you suggested? 
I mean, now people people are using taxis and um, or they use the Google van to transport, um, you know, goods. Yeah. So taxi and yes. Hello. We lost. Hello. Oh, 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 right. We've lost. Uh, we've lost Alok Jane. Um, we will try and get him back. Um, but as it happens, uh, it's now at nine twenty nine. So uh, we're coming up to the news break. Uh, in any case, um, so yeah. After uh, after about uh, nine thirty three, um, once we come back following the news and a couple of government announcements, we'll also be joined uh, by Tony C, who's a, an associate professor at the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. That's it to Hong Kong Polytechnic University. We're going to continue to uh, talk about uh, red minibuses and what could be done to uh, support them with many operators experiencing uh, financial difficulties and uh, a lack of business um, at the moment. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 233-88266-233-88266. A quick uh, look at the weather, Uh, mainly cloudy, uh, cool with one or two light uh, rain patches uh, this morning and at night, uh, but bright periods uh, during the day. Uh, the outlook uh, uh, windier and still relatively cool tomorrow. Warm during the day on Thursday, but then becoming cool appreciably again towards the weekend. Temperatures will fall to 14 degrees or below on Saturday morning. Currently it's 16 degrees. Humidity is at 70%. And now the news with Barry O'Rourke. A leading researcher says Hong Kong needs to trial different types of green transport so it can better understand their potential as well as the pitfalls of their use. Dr Lawrence Cheung from the Hong Kong Productivity Council was commenting after the SAR's first hydrogen-fuelled bus entered service on Sunday. The MTR says it's also planning to trial hydrogen power in a light rail train. The French President Emmanuel Macron has said that European leaders gathered in Paris have agreed to increase funding for Ukraine in its war against Russia. He described a Russian defeat as vital for peace and stability in Europe. Police in Sydney say they're investigating a complaint of assault against Scott Swift, the father of the singer Taylor Swift. New South Wales police said in a statement that they were investigating an incident at Sydney's North Shore in the early hours of this morning. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock. One dose of cocaine can be all it takes to get you hooked. You could keep sinking deeper into a quagmire. Keep buying and taking cocaine and you will become flat broke. Cocaine can severely damage your physical and mental health, causing psychosis, unconsciousness, and even impotence and brain damage. Cocaine drags you down. Let's help those who have been dragged down to stand tall again. Call 186186 or text 9816186 by WhatsApp or WeChat. Let's stand firm, not drugs out. HKE Toll is implemented at all government toll tunnels. With a vehicle tag, there is no need to stop to pay tunnel tolls. Tolls will be deducted from your account automatically. When using Thailand Tunnel, please continue to use the existing payment methods. After Thailand Tunnel becomes a government toll tunnel, HKE Toll will also be implemented there. Visit hketoll.gov.hk for more. Drive smart with HKE Toll. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 and have your say. 
And welcome back to Back Chat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And we have uh, back with us uh, Alok Jane, CEO and Managing Director of uh, Transconsult, uh, to continue our conversation about uh, red minibuses. And also joining us now is uh, Tony C, Associate Professor at the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Hong Kong Polytechnic uh, University. Uh, Professor C, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Jim. So, so what would you recommend? I mean, we, we, we've talked a lot about various uh, solutions uh, to help the red uh, minibus uh, businesses uh, uh, converting to uh, new green routes, possibly also uh, using uh, technology to make them more efficient. What, what, what would you suggest? I think I agree with Anna that there should be some um, uh, some demand for the, uh, uh, the, the the transport service that is in between the franchise buses and the taxi, like some remote area in the new territory, some uh, passenger they have a demand for the last mile, first mile trip. And I also agree with that uh, some uh, advanced technology, that, like the uh, uh, booking of the seat uh, online, for uh, some uh, service at, at some particular time or particular de destination, that should be helpful. And I think there should be some demand in the market. Do, do you think there will be uh, enough demand f uh, to run uh, uh, a, a thousand red minibuses in the territory? Uh, I think that should be because there are quite some um, new development or many people are moving into the new territory in the past decades. And actually, this kind of the model is actually quite successful in some other cities, like uh, in Singapore, they already running such kind of service called mobility as a service for for years, uh, for some years already. Okay, but um, you know, it's, uh, Hong Kong has has not got this kind of um, policy yet. Right, uh, mobility as a service. I I do understand yeah. the uh, Singapore system. Uh, it is connecting, you know, the buses, the trains, the taxis, and even the uh, bicycles for rent. Yeah, yes. Uh, but but Hong the Hong Kong transport policy is is not, you know, directed towards this, um, you know, consolidated um, scenario. Yeah, but at least uh, under the current constraints, maybe something can can be done. I understand that some a few operators in Hong Kong they do something like say uh, the passenger they can book a seat through the WhatsApp. So it's just like a kind of calling the the bus driver for say I have uh, I I have a lead and I need some seat and the passenger they can pay the payment using the auto bus because currently the wet um, most wet minibus they don't offer this uh, electronic payment method. So this is just like any other shared ride. I know that um, there used to be even Facebook groups. Uh, uh, we said, okay, I'm going uh, to, uh, from Taipo to the airport, and uh, and people would say, okay, we'll jump in. So that that's very informal. That that is not um, you know that is not a policy issue. Uh, could could that apply to um, minibuses? Yes, I think it should be because uh, say there should be some smart people that they can create a kind some communications apps that that can actually serve the, this purpose. L not really a formal mobility as a service platform, but it can serve the same. Right, but can can uh, can the government? Um, I, I will, yep. Can I just say something? Uh, Please, Alok. Is that this this is goes into the definition of contract hire. 
and contract hire is not permitted for rmbs for me red mini buses so i will just go on the legal niceties here you can mm-hmm. contract hire a non franchise bus but you cannot contract hire a red mini bus mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I have a comment here from a listener, Brett. Uh, it, it's fairly long, but I'd, I'd like to read it because uh, um, he uh, raises a, uh, was, well, there's a bit of background and he raises a, um, an interesting point. But Brett says, uh, uh, green, green minibuses, GMBs are franchised bus services similar to a KMB and city bus. Red minibuses, RMBs, are essentially a glorified taxi with only start and end points stipulated by the government. And like taxis, many of them are owned by someone who rents the bus to the driver. The problems we have had in the past with RMBs running red lights and speeding are ultimately the result of the driver trying to make a profit after paying the rent for the bus and fuel to operate it. RMBs provide a service that no other public transport does, for example, when the MTR shuts down. There is a big picture issue here that uh, seemingly nobody can see, even a so-called lack of demand for GMBs. The operators of the routes serving where housing estate Brett lives, that's our correspondent, have uh, many buses parked up as they can't get drivers. The queues for these buses are always long. Housing estate Brett can drive a 15-seat bus in his country of origin, but cannot do so here as government does not recognise his qualifications. Meanwhile, imported labour cannot pass the tests to get a licence. Um, perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, um, um, Alok, um, do, do you go along with that? Is, is the lack of driver shortage of labour a major uh, problem? Lack of driver and, and having run a big bus company in Hong Kong, I can tell you lack of driver is a perennial problem. But it can be addressed by providing better pay, better conditions of operation, and you can attract the, you know better quality or younger people mm. into the market. And and this is exactly where technology uh, comes in. Younger people are very excited about technology. And if you have a tech-driven system, you would attract younger crowd into the system who would operate, uh, you know, the services. And and I think this is a, an area where we have not really explored that much. Right now, most of the bus drivers in minibus segment, both green and red, uh, are those people, those drivers who have retired from the bu- formal bus companies, uh, you know, KMBs and, and Bravo, they get retired and after retirement this is an you know extra job for them to sustain them through their older age and and that's why most of them are uh, that old so but yeah i mean if you improve the pay and the pay and conditions it can certainly attract the, the you know the target segment more younger target segment mm. uh, uh, tony c Yes, I agree. If they become an employee, when the driver become an employee, the salary or income more guaranteed. They they actually less intention to say like red light warning or speeding. It's actually good to road safety. Right. So, um, so I guess uh, we need government to be more relaxed or and to take the lead. Uh, can the can the trade uh, start something? Um, as a pilot, uh, Professor C? Yeah, maybe some trade now they can group to together like uh, a kind of similar to the green mini bus they become uh, operate some uh, uh, fixed uh, or relatively fixed wood and they uh, mm. uh, hide the, the driver and, and use a, a kind of technology say to uh, for the uh, passenger they can book the service. Or, some, something like this. 
And is there is there some way for I mean a passenger to know when the next minibus is coming? Because now we have the all these bus apps, and and you you know when when the next bus is coming. So you know it is uh, much better, more convenient for the passengers. Yes, I think it's it's important. Just like the green minibus, now many passengers they complain that the that estimate of arrival time is not accurate. I think something can be done. Uh, say, uh, like government, how, how about encourage the use of uh, technologies? Say, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, so in, would, in fact, yeah. Yeah, telem- yeah. I'll just interject there. Please, uh, is that telematics devices were introduced back in 2014 in all the buses in Hong Kong, and it's exactly the same system that can be installed on mini buses, and you can have a full, you know, real-time visibility of the buses and they can then be given to the passengers their transport department can have it or anybody uh, can can look at where the buses are at any given point of time it's a very robust technology it's available all over the world nothing fancy about it it's a very simple gps tracker uh, which goes on the buses and gives you the information so would you say that uh, there is enough uh, demand for a thousand red minibuses to be operating uh, in the territory if if uh, these uh, technological innovations were introduced? Yes, and also the electronic. Yes, sorry. Okay, Professor C, do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, it's like introducing the electronic payment. Yes. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay, uh, um, um, Alec Jane, is, is the demand... So I'll that, go on a limb yeah. here, and I, w- I will say, yes, there is a demand for 1,000 buses, and, mm. and I have done some numbers, uh, you know, as, a, as a, just a, you know, back of the envelope. I think few hundred RMB buses I can think of deploying almost immediately on an on-demand basis. There are two downsides at the moment. One is the government approval processes, the policy side of it, and the second is obviously... Uh, the restrictions that are imposed on a highway usage for red minibuses. If you, if government takes away these two barriers, uh, which they have, which are to me artificially used barriers, uh, then red minibuses can immediately be made profitable. I mean, I'm willing to put my, my money where my mouth is. You know, let me put it this way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, or you know, if, if there's another option. Uh, perhaps we don't need that many red minibuses, and they can go private. They be, they can become tour buses. They can become school buses, or they can just be uh, available for private hire uh, using uh, ride-hailing apps. That would be a dangerous territory because again, we have another big industry segment of non-franchise buses, and that would impinge on their businesses. And we will obviously face a lot of resistance. That also employs a lot of drivers. That also invests a lot into buses. And currently, you know, there are about three to 4,000 uh, non-franchise buses in Hong Kong, which are running school buses, tour coaches, employee services, and things like that. And we really don't want to create, uh, you know, this overlap in the market, which would then lead to unnecessary uh, bickering, unnecessary competition, unnecessary fighting, and all those things. So I think there is already a segment which can be served by red minibuses. First and foremost, uh, the intention should be to target that market which is underserved or unserved, and we can utilize the available capacity so that nobody gets hurt and everybody, you know, people get mobility um, that they deserve. 
Right, and, and what about looking uh, further away? We did ask uh, um, Frankie Yick as well. Uh, going to Macau, you know, these smaller buses, uh, like in you know private tours, going to Macau, going to Shenzhen, um, could that happen one day? Well, Alan that's Jane? icing on the cake. That's icing on the cake. Uh, obviously, that is much uh, farther uh, viewpoint, and if that would require a lot more work uh, than just transport department giving the approval. Uh, yes, it's possible. We can have an integrated public transport system in the whole GBA, Greater Bay Area. Uh, that is obviously, a lot of people have been talking about it. We can have trains going all the way. We can have buses going all the way. We can have minibuses going all the way. Mm -hmm. So indeed, that is a possibility. But having said that, I think in the short term, we can easily solve the problem by addressing what we have within Hong Kong right. and address the underserved and unserved demand. Yeah, uh, you have lots of creative solutions. So, you know, what is um, preventing the transport officials to, let's say, adopt or, you know, use a pilot thinking uh, to test some of your creative ideas and solutions? I would uh, say administrative inertia. I think that is uh, possibly the only explanation I can give. Uh, nobody is asking them to invest money, nobody needs to put money there, uh, or government doesn't need to support this initiative. I'm sure private sector would be more than happy to step in and provide these kind of services. Obviously, transport department have to allow a regulatory framework that allows this, these kind of services to prosper and uh, to develop within the city, which is certainly in the current environment doesn't exist. Um, I think it's just that nobody wants to take the risk of opening the door. Mm. And what would you say, uh, uh, Professor C? Uh, I mean, is there scope for a more integrated transport network between Hong Kong, Macau, other cities in the GBA, which, uh, which would have a role for red minibuses? Uh, I think there's already another market. Uh, maybe some uh, other operator can already uh, feel. But uh, just what I w want to say would be that in the existing market, there should be opportunity just whether the, the government or uh, the operator, they, they are willing to switch to some, say, using some technology to solve the problem that mm. we currently have. Okay. All right. Well, as we're out of time for this uh, section of this morning's program, but uh, uh, thank you both uh, very much uh, for joining us. Um, uh, that was uh, Tony C, Associate Professor at the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. And thanks also very much to Alok Jane, CEO and Managing Director of TransConsult. The RTHK English News Service brings you the latest news throughout the day right here on your radio, our homepage, Facebook, and the RTHK News app. And now we're on Instagram. Up-to-date news, videos, feature stories, and podcasts all at your fingertips. Search RTHK English News and follow us right now. Catching up with the very latest local and international news just got even easier. On your radio, our homepage, Facebook, the app, and now Instagram. RTHK English News. And for the last part uh, of this morning's program, we're going to talk about uh, another uh, transport or transport related uh, topic. Um, anyway, and that is, uh, and that's the market, the r rather uh, interesting uh, Hong Kong market for personalised uh, car registration plates. Um, this uh, following uh, the latest uh, auction by the uh, transport uh, department when um, 20, I think 20.2 million was paid for 
a vanity plate uh, just bearing the letter D on it. Uh, uh, to talk uh, more about this, we're joined uh, now on the line by Rita Lee, who's an associate professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Chuyan University. Uh, good morning to you. Morning. And um, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Um, so, I mean, that was a lot of money to pay for uh, for a car. Uh, registration plate. Um, I think uh, I think there were two other examples um, in recent years. Uh, the, the the car letter plate W sold for twenty six million in two thousand and one. Um, um, do you know much about this? What, I mean, what motivates people to to pay those amounts? Well, uh, actually, for this, uh, we may actually look at some of the uh, examples from overseas. For example, um, some years ago in Dubai, the Dubai-based in, uh, Dubai Indian Mrs. Man, uh, who tried to bid for like a US dollar, $9 million at the time for the D5. What he said is that uh, because that uh, that uh, because like the, his lucky number is D, it's five, it's nine. Sorry, it's nine. And then the fourth letter, uh, five add all together, which is equal to nine. And that sort of thing is like very uh, personalized. Uh, we uh, it's very hard to like uh, think of like what actually is the lucky number of somebody and then uh, how they think they're so special. And of course, uh, we have got some people that they try to bid for, like for example, a special play like I love you. And then some people just bid for because like uh, their initial name, so they will just uh, try to pay for it. And then um, I would just say that uh, it all depends on like what special meaning behind these sort of like letters. And then it is hard to, um, uh, uh, it's, it's a bit hard to explain from the outside that, hey, why you would like to pay for like so much amount of, uh, so much amount of money. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, in the previously, uh, even, even much more higher, which broke the Guinness World Court uh, on the 8th of April in 2023, uh, when the Emirates uh, auction that they tried to sell out the P7. That uh, number play that it is uh, it was about 14.9 million US dollar, which is even higher than that in Hong Kong. So um, I think it is uh, depends on like the special meaning for uh, to that person. Sometimes and a lot of them they would just say it's like lucky number, or they would like to uh, send that as a gift to somebody that they that they love, for example. So these are some of the <laughs> motivation. Right. Um, uh, to me, it's it's quite interesting to think about the origin of, of starting these, uh, you know, vanity uh, car registration plates. Uh, we didn't have that, uh, you know, when I was much younger. And I think it was started as a policy by Henry Tang, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And, um, and at that time, people were wondering whether this is uh, just for getting more money for the Treasury or is it, um, you know, what's the whole purpose? Uh, what, what, what do you think of that, Rita? Well, actually, getting more money to the treasury, of course, is one of the uh, main one of the main reason. But at the same time, is that well to make the uh, people much more happy? We have got more choices, like we can bid for our favorite car plate. So the one who pay for it, he or she is like very happy as well. 
So why not? And we can make our citizens much more happier, and at the same time, the, the government can receive a lot more money. And then uh, taxation is very important because, like, no matter what kind of the policy that we try to provide to, like, for example, the $2 policy for those elderly trouble, and so as, like, other policy, like, for those uh, who, are, uh, uh, who are very poor and that they need subsidies from the government, the CSSA, for example, these kind of the payment or it actually needs support, right? We need financial support. So why not that we can uh, bring in some of the money to the government, provide more government services and then better services. At the same time, those who are rich and then they are, they actually do not care about that. Well, this is only maybe a small amount of money, very small amount of money to them, even though we think that, well, what? Uh, like last year, the our license plate is also uh, 25.5 million, which is uh, which was even higher than this year's plate uh, price actually. And then, uh, well, so why not? I, I mean, well, why not we just make the side happy, or three side, even three sides happy? Mm. Yeah. W- w- would uh, any um, car owner do this as uh, as an investment? I mean, would they get any financial gain from it when it came when it came to selling the vehicle? Or I mean, I, mean, I know you, you can uh, you can sell the vehicle, but you can keep the personalised uh, license plates. Isn't that right? Well, actually, I think uh, some of them they have got the uh, they have got investment value, but not all of them they have got investment mm-hmm. value. So just like for example, uh, I love you. I guess that there should be some kind of investment value. <laughs> and then, uh, like uh, for example, twenty eight, eighteen, that kind of the car plates, and most likely they have got some kind of investment value as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, but then uh, for some of the very personal lives. Uh, that it is only because of like their initial, for example, then uh, the value is not very high because, like, for example, if I have got a car play, then I would just mark as a YM. So, but what does it mean by YM to to others? Yeah, uh, sure. It means nothing to them, mm-hmm. right? So it depends on the um, the lectures, uh, what what kind of a special meaning that uh, what kind of meaning that it can uh, it can bring mm-hmm. us. And then if that meaning is like very obvious to everyone, then of course that we have got some value for it, and then a lot of us that we want to, we want to pay higher for that, so that there's investment value. But other than that, um, it, it, it may be like only kind of the personal lectures, like just, just like the the one in Dubai D5. I think D5 is not really uh, means a lot of things to uh, everyone in Hong Kong. So if there's the same car plays that happens in Hong Kong, I don't think it has got a very high value. But it's only like high to that particular person. Um, Ridley, you have compared Hong Kong with Dubai, um, you know, with a few examples. Uh, I can see similarities between Dubai and Hong Kong, but I mean, in Dubai, there is really much more wealth. Uh, And... um, and I and I guess uh, I, I can understand why you know uh, special car plates are, are, are fun or are much uh, in demand in in uh, you know in Dubai. But but in Hong Kong, uh, you know, would this uh, continue? Do you think um, you know all these uh, vanity car plates? Uh, would people come up with uh, more interesting combinations of words or numbers? And uh, and what you know what could this look like in the future? Do you think? Well, I think. That there are a lot of people who would like to like uh, create something that is like they have got some special meaning for them. So uh, the special meaning it may not be the number or the words that by the time we see it, everybody know it. 
because uh, they may be like just kind of joke for example and then they try to buy it buy the car plate so I think uh, this kind of like uh, high burden event will continue because uh, uh, we a lot of us that we want to buy something just like we work uh, we work hard and then we buy maybe we just buy a, a mobile phone buy buy an earring so that kind of thing is more or less similar to like buying a car plate to some of the rich people because they think that well I want to have something that is like well only me have it or the whole company we have to share the same car plate starting uh, for example, in our in in my university, HKSYU one, two, three, and four, that is also possible, because we have got a lot of like different combination that it means something that is like, special to that company, or that means something that is special to that person or to that family members. Maybe the whole family that they share the same uh, starting for the for the for the for the uh, for uh, for the initial, and then they 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 have got like one and two and three. This that sort of thing that it. It, it always happens and it can it can always happen and then uh, so that that's all thing that of course it will continue mm. yeah you, you mentioned uh, uh, numbers uh, 28 or 18 uh, uh, lucky numbers of course in uh, in Chinese but uh, but it seems that the the um, <clears throat> the big money is paid for a single letter license plates uh, and the, the, this one on on Sunday as we said was just the letter D. Yeah. Um, other examples are W and R, um, yeah. and, um, and and like you say, that's that's might mean a lot to the person who's uh, made the purchase, but it doesn't mean very much to uh, to anybody else. So, exactly. So yeah, is, 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 is that a bit is a bit odd that 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 should command uh, higher prices than a, a combination of lucky numbers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, a combination of lucky number and so as like these sort of like uh, special stuff, I would just say that well, uh, each of us uh, the good uh, the good part of the society is that each of us we have got something that we like and something that we dislike, and then uh, we may pay a lot higher because of like some special thing like for example this is my lucky number, or that is uh, the husband's uh, car play or that is the uh, the housewife uh, car play or whatsoever. Um, we we have got a lot of the a lot of reason a lot of like uh, underlying reasons which make us like to pay higher, and then this is also the beauty of the society. So that's why that uh, we, we will not have got like all the people that we rush to pay for like uh, LV for <laughs> for a lot of money. Some of us uh, pay for LV, some of us pay for Dior, and then some of us pay for like others that is that not branded at all. And then uh, uh, I think this is the beauty of our yeah, society. Yeah, that, there's one difference though because the LV bag there are lots of the same every bag but you know a car plate is only unique and yeah, I, I heard yeah, somebody right. I heard somebody who loved cars um, he'd rather not have a special car plate because then uh, everybody spots him and say oh you know that's where he is exactly. and um, so his movements are known he cannot remain anonymous and that might pose security issues but that is also related to, like, for example, car uh, insurance as well. Because, like, for example, if you pay for the car insurance for red car, that may uh, that should be higher than if you just have got a black car or other color. The main reason is that it is a lot much more easier to spot if you have done something wrong. Mm. So that's why that for 28 and 18, it is actually much more lower in price as compared to D. Because uh, uh, probably, like, 28 and 18, that a lot of us that we have got some uh, some meaning that is attached to, to it. So that uh, actually the car plate in itself, it is not just like uh, what we think about, like we have got a special one. But at the same time, it's that, well, if you have done something wrong, it is a lot much more easier to be caught. Mm -hmm. So sure, that's why sure. that uh, 
well uh, for the initial one, probably that is much more uh, better to some people because, uh, like for example, if I have got a car play that uses an RM, for example, a YM. And then, uh, why am it will not be easily uh, spot? Okay, so right. Thanks very much, uh, Rita Lee. That's that's great. Thanks very much for joining us. Sorry, we're out of time. Um, we've got to go to a news summary uh, followed by uh, brunch with uh, Sadia. Um, thanks very much to our listeners who wrote in and to you, Ada. And we'll see you next time.